0: Welcome to episode one of the As Fitness podcast. Probably a little long overdue, I'd say. Um, but obviously I, I do, you know, whether it's appearing on other people's shows or um the um awesome but infrequent physique philosophy podcast that I do with Ben Howard, or even some of my ones in other areas, I thought. I really need to do something that's kind of bite size, uh, fitness related, health and fitness, you know, so I'm going to range things from like the advanced side of physique development, but really anything that's on my mind in the health and fitness world that uh, I want to share with you guys. And in doing these little sort of bite sized episodes as opposed to the detail that we go into in the Physique Philosophy podcast. I expect that I can do so regularly um, and it gives you guys a chance to, of course, just scan through for topics that you feel are of interest to you. And I'm going to kick things off with my muscle connection. Um, if you know me, you'll probably understand why. It's something that I frequently drill into my clients. Why? Why? it's perhaps the most important aspect of muscle growth and development, particularly for those who wouldn't consider themselves a beginner anymore. Um, You may have a lagging body part, you may have tried adding more volume, training that body part more frequently, not seeing the results that you'd expect from that extra work. You may have a like a disparity between two um, body parts on either side, you know, one arm slightly bigger than the other, a bicep bigger than the other. What can we do about that? Why, why is that the case in the first place? And can we change it? Do we just train it more? You've probably already tried that. We're not seeing the benefit to it. I always had a pretty weak chest in my early years of training. Not always, because I don't think I have now. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I wasn't genetically blessed in that area. Um, and I tried a huge number of things to just, you know, what, what guy doesn't want to be chest? One of the issues that many of us have with that area is we, if you know, relating more perhaps to guys than, than female clients and stuff, but we all have this thing called an ego. And we like to see the bench press in particular as a lift where we're going to shift as much weight as possible. And we're just trying to beat numbers. Now, don't get me wrong. Progressive overload is absolutely key if you want to build muscle. But if you're not seeing the benefit, and maybe you can actually bench press quite a decent amount of weights, Why are we not seeing that progress on a chest? And it's something that I battled with. I, I ended up trying high volume. And. Um, like per session, I ended up increasing frequency uh, twice a week, three times a week. I went through just about every single exercise, every single thing that I could possibly think of that might help my chest develop. And what actually works in the end was actually coinciding, you know, once this clicks, with massively bringing down the frequency um, and volume more so, so I wasn't Completely battering my central nervous system, which I'm sure will be a topic for another show. But it was actually when I first came to compete and would practice posing, I noticed that my chest pose—I could, I just couldn't get that same kind of squeeze and connection that I could say with, like, you know, my back or my biceps. And that made me start to think, you know, there's got to be some kind of correlation here. Now. Once I'd figured this out and, you know, go into shortly some of the techniques and stuff that I implemented. But once I figured it out, I suddenly saw my progress on my chest just completely take off. And, you know, made me amazed that it wasn't just the poor genetics and I couldn't do anything about it. I could. And the defining factor was connection with that muscle. Now, An analogy that I like to use is why are we left-handed or right-handed? Obviously, over the years, we practice more so with one hand than the other, which actually, you know, if anything, of course, makes the stronger hand even stronger. Um, So there's even more of a sort of disparity between the two, if you like. But it's to do with having better connection from your brain to the muscles in that hand. Let's think about muscle, how it works an integral part of your muscle, any body part, is the nerve fibres that connect to a muscle fibre. Okay, so you will contract a muscle by sending a electrical signal, if you like, from your brain to the fibres in that muscle saying, hey, contract now. Now, we have... In, yeah, in every muscle is made up of like thousands and millions of like muscle fibres. Each of those fibres will be connected to a motor neuron. Okay, so the, the, the nerves sort of branch out and you've got each fibre like can, can be controlled independently, so to speak, by its own motor neuron. Now, when we tell a muscle to contract, the more of those muscle fibres we get to fire at once, so the more of those Uh, motor neurons that we actually activate, the greater the contractile um, response of that muscle as a whole. Okay, so it's one of the reasons why we talk about, you know, differences in rep ranges. It's because of the difference in activation of muscle fibres. I.e., if we're taking a muscle like only 50% towards failure, we're not needing to recruit every muscle fibre. However, if we're doing, say, one rep of a max lift, we're trying to tell all those muscle fibres to fire. And the more of those fibres we get to fire, you know, if we're only able to fire 50% of the muscle fibres in a particular muscle, then there's a huge scope there for us to actually improve our strength by activating more muscle fibres in that lift. Now, if you went away and actually practiced writing with your bad hand, over time, you're going to get better at it. Okay, now what is that? What's going on there? We're actually improving that firing from the brain, that signal to those nervous, f- to the, sorry, through the nerves to the muscle fibers in the hand. So we're improving the speed of that firing, but we're also over time learning to recruit more of those fibers and then learning the patterns of movement that we're trying to get them to go through. Okay. Now. This is important when it comes to your training because, of course, the more muscle fibres that you can recruit and actually activate during a particular lift, the more stimulus there is for growth. And of course, the more yeah, that's more muscle fibres being recruited, so more muscle fibres are going to take that stimulus and go through the adaptions. But then also because more muscle fibres are being recruited, the muscle itself is going to go through a greater stress because you're able to handle a greater load. So if we, to show you just how important the sort of mental firing is, there was actually a study done in, and I'll cite it actually in the notes, but it was uh, back in 1995, I believe, um, like Harvard University study, whereby they had a, two control groups of um, of people who were given the same, like sort of one-handed piano piece, to practice, I say practice, one group practiced two hours a day, for five weeks, uh, sorry was it five weeks, or five days, I'll have to sort of check, but as I say I'll cite this study, anyway practiced on one hand, okay this piece, two hours a day, I think it was five days, the other group didn't actually touch a piano, but they were still, they were visualizing the same piece, the movement of the fingers, they were visualising it for the same period of time. Now, after those five days, they looked at the sort of neurological adaptions of both groups and found that whilst the group that were actually playing the piece showed like greater adaptions, the same adaptions to an extent had taken place in the control group who only visualised playing the piece as well. So without even performing it, they were actually improving how they could play that piece. So therefore, of course, when they did come to learn it, they could learn it much quicker. They already had a lot of the um, sort of, um, you know, adaptions had taken place in their brain already as if they could play that piece of music. What happened there is that they were training their brain to connect with those fibres to be able to move and play that piece of music. And that's without even touching the piano. Let's go back to my muscle connection. Now you can kind of see why it's so important to give you, you know, real world examples based on my 15 years or so experience of coaching other people. Every time, aside from those that are very genetically controlled... You know, maybe like calves, some people's arms. Even these, though, you know, if you improve the connection, you can still improve the body part. But yeah, there's limitations, perhaps with genetic factors. But those small, you know, cases aside, a lagging body part is always down to mind muscle connection. That's providing. of course, you train it. You know, if you don't train anything ever and don't care about its growth, it's going to be lagging. But if you've got like a body part that you seem to just not see the same results in as you do elsewhere, it's to do with the connection to that muscle. So like I found with my chest, I noticed it during the posing practice. It made me start thinking about it. So what did that like entice me then to do? Improve the connection. So the first thing was actually to keep practicing the posing. So even if you have no aspirations to compete or anything like that in a bodybuilding show, just learning the poses, for particularly for a weak body part, practicing them on both sides. When, when you're holding and squeezing a pose for 30 seconds at least, you are telling that that's what posing is. You're telling every muscle fiber to fire. You know, if you're flexing your bicep, you're telling every muscle fibre to fire in that bicep when you're squeezing it as hard as you can. So if you do that to your lagging body part, you're going to start to improve the connection with it. It's going to start to feel more comfortable. And if you have a lagging body part, I have you know, no doubt now at all that if you went away and tried to actually flex or pose that body part, it won't feel as comfortable as when you do the same for a stronger body part. So that's the, the first thing. And, and you can't really do that too much. You know, what we're doing there is training the brain to connect with muscle fibres. So it doesn't have to be in your training sessions. You can do it, you know, at home in the evenings, anytime you like. But it's going to be, without even training, probably one of the most beneficial things you can do for that lagging body part. Similarly, when you actually come to training, drop those weights back, establish that connection. Take time away from focusing on that progressive overload. Forget the weights that you were lifting in the past on that body part because, you know, taking a bench press, look at a power lifter's chest compared to a bodybuilder's. Power lifters lift more weight. They don't have the same chest development because they're not lifting that weight to grow their chest. You know, when we're talking about bodybuilding, we want to be lifting that weight, focusing on our chest. You know, so our mind, what we're like locking in from our mind Sorry, we need to lock in our mind to that body part throughout that whole set. Do not break that connection. And in doing so, we're going to maximally recruit the muscle fibers. So, another thing that I actually started doing would be to do a few very light sets of pet deck before I'd actually go into my sort of pressing moves on chest day. That meant I was using those, something like a pet deck. It's much easier to connect with. That, that you know the chest muscle then is on a press so in doing so i was able to practice the connection home in on it before i went into my bigger lifts and then start your on the bigger lifts go really light on those earlier sets and your focus should just be on the connection you know if you're doing a set and you see someone walking past in, in the corner of your eye or you start thinking about what you're going to be eating later on you're losing in the connection to that muscle. You can only think about one thing at once. And when you're performing a set, you need to be present in that moment, thinking about nothing other than the connection to that muscle. I often say to clients that it's actually a good thing if you lose count of reps because it kind of shows that you're so zoned in on the connection and what you're doing at the time that you've lost it. That's the reason you've lost count. So guys, my muscle connection. One of the most important things when it comes to developing your physique, but also, unfortunately, one of the most overlooked. I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope it's been helpful. And I'll look forward to giving you more of this kind of advice in the future. Thank you.